It was one of the great moments of personal transformation, and it changed not only Moses, but our very conception of leadership itself. By the end of the Book of Bamidbar, Moses' career as a leader seems to have come to its end. He had appointed his successor, Joshua, and it would be he, not Moses, who'd lead the people across the Jordan into the Promised Land. Moses seemed to have achieved everything he was destined to achieve. For him, there would be no more battles to fight, no more miracles to perform, no more prayers to make on behalf of the people. It's what Moses did next that bears the mark of greatness. For the last month of his life, he assembled the people and delivered the series of addresses we know as the Book of Devarim, literally words. In them, he reviewed the people's past and foresaw their future. He gave them laws, some he had given them before but in a different form, others that were new and that he'd waited to announce until the people were about to enter the land. Linking all these details of law and history into a single overarching vision, he taught the people to see themselves as an Am Kadosh, a holy people, the only people whose sovereign and lawgiver was God himself. If someone who knew nothing about Judaism and the Jewish people were to ask you for a single book that would explain them both, who Jews are and why they do what they do, the best answer would be, read the book of Devarim, no other book so encapsulates and dramatizes all the key elements of Judaism as a faith and a way of life. In a much-watched TED lecture and a book with the same name, Simon Sinek says that the transformative leaders are those who start with why. More poetically, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry says, If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people together to collect wood, and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. In Devarim, Moses gave the people their why. They are God's people, the nation on whom he has set his love, the people he rescued from slavery and gave in the form of the commandments the constitution of liberty. They may be small, but they're unique. They are the people who in themselves testify to something beyond themselves. They're the people whose fate will defy the normal laws of history. Other nations, says Moses, will recognize the miraculous nature of the Jewish story. And so, from Blaise Pascal to Nikolai Berdiev and beyond, they did. In the last month of his life, Moses ceased to be the liberator, the miracle worker and redeemer, and became instead Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses our teacher, he was the first instance in history of a leadership type in which Jews have excelled, what I call the leader as teacher. Moses surely knew that some of his greatest achievements wouldn't last forever. The people he'd rescued would one day suffer execution, exile and persecution again. The next time, though, they wouldn't have a Moses to do miracles so he had planted a vision in their minds, hope in their hearts, a discipline in their deeds, and a strength in their souls that would never fade. When leaders become educators, they change lives. In a powerful essay entitled Who's Fit to Lead the Jewish People, Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik contrasted the Jewish attitude to kings and teachers as leadership types. The Torah places severe limits 
on the power of kings. Thou mustn't multiply gold, or wives, or horses. A king is commanded not to consider himself better than his fellow Israelites, nor turn from the law to the right or to the left. The king was only to be appointed at the request of the people. According to Ibn Ezra, the very idea of appointing a king was a permission, not an obligation. A Barbanel held that it was a concession to human frailty. Rabbeinu Bahia regarded the existence of a king as a punishment, not a reward. In short, Judaism is at best ambivalent about monarchy, that is to say, about leadership as power. On the other hand, its regard for teachers is almost unlimited. Let the fear of your teacher be, be as the fear of heaven, says the Gemara. Respect and reverence for your teacher should be greater even than respect and reverence for your parents, rules Rambam, because parents bring you into this world while teachers give you entrance into the world to come. When someone exercises power over us, or he or she diminishes us, but when someone teaches us, he or she helps us grow. That's why Judaism, with its intense concern for human dignity, favors leadership as education over leadership as power. And it began by Moses at the end of his life. For 22 years as chief rabbi, I carried with me the following quotation from one of the great leaders of the Zionist movement, Israel's first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion. Although he was a secular Jew, he was enough of a historian and Bible scholar to understand this dimension of leadership and said so in eloquent words. These are the words. Whether you hold humble office in a municipality or in a small union or high office in a national government, the principles are the same. You must know what you want to achieve, be certain of your aims and have these goals constantly in mind. You must fix your priorities. You must educate your party and educate the wider public. You have to have confidence in your people, often greater than they have in themselves. For the true political leader knows instinctively the measure of man's capacities and can arouse him to exert them in times of crisis. You must know when to fight your political opponents and when to mark time. You must never compromise on matters of principle. You must always be conscious of the element of timing, and this demands a constant awareness of what's going on around you, in your region if you're a local leader, in your country and in the world if you're a national leader. And since the world never stops for a moment, and the pattern of power changes its elements like the movement of a kaleidoscope, you must constantly reassess chosen policies toward the achievement of your aims. A political leader must spend a lot of time thinking, and he must spend a lot of time educating the public and educating them anew. The poet Shelley once said, poets are the unacknowledged legislators of the world. True or false, I don't know, but this I know, that there is all the difference between giving people what they want and teaching them what to want. Teachers are the unacknowledged builders of the future. And if a leader seeks to make lasting change, he or she must follow in the footsteps of Moses and become an educator. The leader is teacher, using influence, not power, spiritual and intellectual authority, rather than coercive force, 
was one of the greatest contributions Judaism ever made to the moral horizons of humankind, and it can be seen most clearly in the book of Devarim, when Moses, for the last month of his life, summoned the next generation and taught them laws and lessons that would survive and inspire as long as there are human beings on earth.